0: Hello, welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counsellors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena.
1: And I'm Manasa, daughter of Persephone. Today we're recapping and discussing episode three of the Percy Jackson Disney Plus show.
0: It's time for Medusa.
1: And this one, woman. <laughs> this one was fun because it was so different than yeah. the books, but it made sense to today's climate and like all mm. the recent conversations that we've had about Medusa. And mm-hmm. looking back at our old outline, it's funny because I was at, we went through like, oh, what is the myth of Medusa? And
0: mm-hmm. I
1: popped off because I was upset about her story, yeah. which is fair. Mm-hmm.
0: About, like, the way it was portrayed in this or about her story in general?
1: Her story in general. Her the yeah. way she's portrayed, mm-hmm. I thought, was, like, reasonable for a children's book that mm-hmm, came out mm-hmm. in 2006 or whenever it did. Yeah. And I liked how they included that, but she also is not, like, she is a monster. Like, she is not someone who is good to them. Like, her alternatives yeah. is not, is still harming other children. So, yeah. It, you have to have both, right? You have to have a reason that Percy is allowed to uh, kill her. If she's like just another woman scorned by his father and then Percy kills her, it's just like, oh, darkening. His, his first act of being a demigod is a like murder. Yeah.
0: I mean, he does kill the Minotaur, but I do think that doesn't it doesn't feel the same. Like he that's more like self-defense. And also the Minotaur isn't humanized.
1: He doesn't have a conversation with the Minotaur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I loved that you watched this before I did. And so you uh-huh. were really hyping it up and it lived to its hype. So why don't you tell me what you thought about, like, when you saw Medusa, first impressions?
0: Oh, it was so. I was, I mean, I've, I've seen her, like, promotional picture. Um, but I was very, I mean, they were, I, the second they started doing things differently from the book, which we'll talk about that when we get kind of into the scenes but the second they started doing things differently, I was like, oh, like I was intrigued. I wasn't really sure where it was going, which is kind of fun as a viewer of someone who's read these books a lot of times to still be on the edge of my seat, be on my toes, um, and each change i found myself pleasantly surprised which is a lot of the time with changes from books like beloved books it's hard to let go of but this yeah. a lot of these changes i was super they made me think a lot about the way that monsters are portrayed and it also made me think a lot about some of the conversations we had especially that in um like heroes of olympus and in trials of apollo that i think some of rick's later works and maybe even like the last book or two of percy jackson uh they lend themselves to conversations about like who we define as monsters you know um makes me think of our whole thing about gaia where we're like she's not wrong but she's going about it really poorly and um i think some of those thoughts that i'm sure rick has when he writes these retellings bled into this different portrayal of medusa
1: yeah i think that's exactly it she's not wrong but the way she goes about mm-hmm. it is incorrect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it also is funny because so we're recording this the day or two days technically after the first two episodes dropped and mm-hmm. my tiktok first because <laughs> you know i've been sending things to Aaron, so you know the my for you page my algorithm is catching up and giving me all the percy jackson stuff also there's a lot more percy jackson stuff because there's mm-hmm. so much movie content out i mean tv show content out there I realized on how much of a bubble I've been in. in, Well, obviously, Mm -hmm. because I didn't know about, you know, whatever happened to Jason and all that stuff in Trials of Apollo. Clearly, I am not online as I think I am. But I didn't realize how much of a bubble I've been in. Besides the occasional one or two emails I got when they cast Leah as Annabeth, I haven't really heard anyone being upset about Walker being cast or any of the cast being as they are. And it's been really weird for me to open up all these comments on these TikToks. Oh my god. So many yeah. people are genuinely upset. And it's so funny to come of like people who are very loyal to the movies, which is definitely not anyone yeah. who are really in our fandom, who are in no. very loyal to our movies. And they are like trying to portray the differences as like astronomically like like their hindrances to them watching the T V show. They're like, we can't mm-hmm. watch it because Percy doesn't have black hair. And I I understand (laughs) Mm -hmm. the initial, like that's what we were talking about the first two episodes is the initial letting go of what we believe to be in the book and how we imagine it in our own head, but still enjoying um, some media that is now up to date to represent Mm -hmm. the diversity that we want to see on our screens.
0: Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that letting go process. And I think as, if you, I think if you truly love this story, you should be able to zoom out of whatever images of characters, their hair color, their race, etc. Whatever you had in your head, be able to zoom out and look critically. Like, is this story still like at the heart telling the same thing and perhaps even enhanced by like the different types of people that they cast to play these roles? And I think that's like when I see people that are like, I can't watch it because of xyz because of the casting i'm like do you really care about the story then because rick is involved in the story which me makes and from what i've seen so far i think they're still hitting those main notes of the the heart of the percy jackson story and even expanding some of them like like percy and sally's relationship has been expanded in the show so far um it just makes me doubt you know what they really took from the story if they're that hung up on appearances Which is fun, which I doubt is any of our lovely listeners.
1: (laughs) Especially if you are kind of keeping up. Obviously, we want to, I think, something that we're so enchanted and we just feel so lucky that we've got a version that matches with Mm
0: -hmm. what we
1: wanted. And after getting not a great retelling in a movie where it was kind of disrespectful to the original source material. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we should also like we're going to voice things that we don't like and changes that we wishes we we wished we had seen, but that's not going to be, you know, we're not going to hold on too tightly to like, for example, this Medusa, the Annabeth is very different of a character than she Mm -hmm. was in the book and letting go of the version of Annabeth. That was kind of dumb but supposed to be smart. And in this one, Just she's... into
0: walked into the, into the <laughs> shop for a burger in the books. Like, that was the moment in the books from, like, Child of Athena, who? They definitely have her much smarter in this yeah. show.
1: Which is, like, reasonable. She's using yeah. logic. They immediately notice all these statues, and she connects the dots. They're also, like, nobody else but somebody who is from our world would have made a shop on a satyr's path. Yeah, and So she connects the dots and we're, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it was just, it was just wild to open up those comments and see people trying oh to my defend God. themselves.
0: Yeah. Especially like, I'm just like, I feel like in like when I'm on Camp Half Pod's Instagram and TikTok, which I've now made two TikToks, mm-hmm. <laughs> round of applause, um, and Twitter, it is more like the very loyal fandom that's really excited about these. And then, you know, occasionally I look at the comments on like, The other day I saw like Instagram's Instagram account did some kind of like behind the scenes thing with the cast. And I opened the comments and half of them are complaining about the features on like the new update on Instagram. I was (laughs) like, why are you commenting that here? But a bunch of them were like very loyal to the movies or just straight up being really racist and problematic. And I was like, oh, this is this conversation still happening on the Internet. People suck.
1: Yeah. The little safe bubble in our echo chamber. Mm -hmm. I know. It is interesting, but... That being said, we are going to talk about Medusa. I think that we have a lot to talk about with each other because I just kind of texted Erin my live reactions while I was watching Mm -hmm. it, which is fun, but we haven't had a chance to like really sit down and talk about it. So I have a feeling this is going to be a long episode, so (laughs) to your butts, yeah.
0: I'm like, (laughs) we already had a lot of thoughts on Medusa anyway, which is fascinating because like I wrote down in my notes, this only aligns with three chapters of the book. Like it's like chapters nine through 11. Um, In our own episodes, it's kind of like the very tail end of our episode four and mostly just our episode five that we discussed. Um, If you're someone who's maybe listening along to those old episodes or anything. So it's not like a lot of a lot, a big chunk of the book, but this is just such a rich uh, part of the book. And also they expanded a lot with Medusa. So let's get into it.
1: So, our episode summary from Disney Plus itself says: Percy is tasked with the quest to return Zeus's stolen master bolt to stop a war between the gods. Choosing Annabeth and Grover as his quest mates, they set off to retrieve it from the underworld. Enemies derail their journey before it's barely begun, and the three seek refuge from a stranger that could pose even more of a dangerous threat. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, this episode opens like you're we're immediately getting into it. Percy is going up above the the big house to the Oracle, who he refers to. Who does he calls her? He says she looks like a Halloween decoration.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Which I don't know if I just never read the scene properly you know the way that you kind of skim and your brain fills in the blanks because the moment mm. they were like mummified oracle with all of her weird like outfits on I still imagined her in a coffin so seeing her seated oh, interesting. on a seat which I don't think that's in the book no but as soon it's as they not. said mummy I was like oh she's like a mummy with a weird wig on and she looks kind of cartoonish <laughs> and mm. this one it took me a moment he had to get a little bit closer Before I even realized that she was kind of mummified because she looks Mm -hmm. just kind of like a doll.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's right. She looks like a Halloween prop. But yeah, I just pulled up our our old outline to see because we wrote down. We actually took notes on this on her appearance. And in the book, she's described as a mummy wearing a tie-dyed sundress, beaded necklaces and a headband over long black hair. And her face is leathery. So I guess she's not really a mummy because she has skin... That's like visible. So yeah, I think she was pretty much like how I, how I pictured it in my head is just like a decrepit old lady in a chair and in an attic.
1: <laughs> what was really fun is that instead of the mist and the scary, the eyes glowing and all of that stuff, we get a vision of Gabe who tells mm-hmm. us the prophecy and only, we only see a section of the prophecy, by the way, yeah. the first couple mm-hmm. lines. And I think it was a mixture of like, it made it funny that this like very New York accent comes out and Gabe, mm-hmm. who's like, very much this comedic cartoon character and someone that Percy despises is having to give him the quest.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought my thought is also it's to bring Gabe back up because I, in the book at this point that like once Percy's at camp, he's immediately seeing those like newspaper articles where Gabe is like, My stepchild has run away and probably killed my girlfriend or wife. I don't remember if they're married Um, and spreading slander about him. Whereas maybe this is a way to like remind the viewers like, hey, this guy, he's still out and about and he still sucks. (laughs) But he's definitely a lot funnier in the show than the book. Yes. Which I did see a tw- someone on Twitter because people were complaining about that. And I did see someone have a good point where they were like, do you guys want to see Sally being abused? Like, were you wanting that? And I was like, that's a good point. I actually would prefer to see her just with a guy that's kind of annoying instead of like extremely abusive. So,
1: But it's fair. the thing that's been brought up in our Discord, and we've discussed it a bit, is at the end of this in the books, at least, Sally, Nike kill, kills Gabe. Yeah. And if he's just kind of annoying, it makes her more of a villain than this heroic, mm. battered woman moment.
0: Okay, but like also, we should just be able to kill men <laughs> for being annoying, actually. I'm actually a fan of that.
1: I'm just curious if they took that out completely. I mean, obviously we won't know until we watch it and she just leaves him and she just has a moment where she's like, goodbye. Or if we (laughs) find out that this guy who in front of Percy is just kind of annoying is actually very much a monster.
0: Yeah, he could be. I mean, like in the very first episode, Sally said something along the lines of like, uh, just because it looks like a monster doesn't mean it is a monster. So, you know, maybe maybe Gabe, we're going to get some more on Gabe sucking. So. Or not.
1: I'm still a fan of killing him. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I really hope she kills him. I, yeah. I don't know if a lot of people were wondering if it was because it was on Disney and they were trying mm-hmm. to like, be like, yeah. oh, murder, maybe not. But mm-hmm. we'll see.
0: Yeah. Well, but then Percy kills Medusa, as we'll see here. <laughs> so I guess murder is OK if they're invisible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, it was very fun in this one because Annabeth, instead of inserting herself immediately, signing up yeah. for the prophecy, the quest, not giving Percy a choice. She's chosen without any hesitation mm-hmm. by Percy. He's He gets the entire, like, all the counselors from all the the head uh, counselors from all the cabins lined up. He chooses Annabeth before anyone even gets a chance to, like, make their, um mm-hmm. plea their case, essentially. And Annabeth does a good job of, like, not making eye contact. She's, like, mm-hmm. clearly very surprised, but. Yeah.
0: Because, I mean, I think as a viewer, if I didn't. If I was only watching this show, I might be a little bit surprised that he chose her because it's established that he's like very weirded out by her, but he does know that she really wants a quest. Um, And we later learn in in the show version, his logic with choosing her. But at this point, it's kind of just like, oh, all right, I guess they're friends now.
1: What is also kind of nice is that he's just kind of weirded out by her and Mm -hmm. there isn't this immediate established hatred of like no. oh, well, I hate you because my our parents should hate each other mm-hmm. instead it's like they're genuinely annoyed by each other's personality <laughs> yeah is <laughs> yeah, so in the book fun. yeah in the book
0: Annabeth like when they meet, she's like, "You know, we're not supposed to like each other because our parents hate each other, and very quickly, whereas in this like she she does it's brought up later that their parents hate each other, more so by Medusa, but in this, you're right, they just don't like each other, or more Percy thinks she's weird, yeah, you can't really get a read on what she thinks of Percy. I think she thinks he's annoying, but she's very intrigued by him
1: so we get Luke giving Percy his shoes the the Hermes shoes. Mm-hmm that then we find out that Percy chose Annabeth over Luke, even though he clearly has more of a friendship and a bond with Luke because he knows that Luke is going to choose Annabeth no matter what. And Mm -hmm. he doesn't trust Annabeth, but he also trusts that he has different motivations. He doesn't give a shit about this quest, honestly. So he knows that this quest has to be finished. Mm -hmm. So he knows Annabeth will go and finish the quest without him if he takes a detour and goes get his mom. Yeah. Whereas- and we, I
0: realized we forgot to mention that there is a scene before that with him choosing Grover and he goes yes. out to the the stables and, and invites Grover to come come with him because he he trusts Grover. And also well, Grover's some- been punished to like shovel poop because he uh, told Percy about his mom at the end of the last episode.
1: And there's a moment while Grover asks him why he's choosing him that Percy has a flashback to the Oracle finishing the rest of the Mm -hmm. prophecy. And he talks about how someone he calls a friend will betray him. And he knows Grover won't because Grover has stuck his neck out. Mm -hmm. Even when it means hurting Percy's feelings, he's doing the best for Percy.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: I think this episode really does a good job of showing how much Percy and Grover really like each other Mm -hmm. and they have this very like special bond I think it's very cute because a lot of us are focused on the Persabeth of it all but the truth is this book is very much an establishment of Grover and
0: Percy's friendship yeah like Persabeth is really not a thing yet it's it's the slow burn it's quite a slow burn we don't we have a while to get to any of that but um Yeah, I think this is the friendship book.
1: Yeah, this is the friendship book between Percy and Grover and, like, baseline establishment of, like, he's like, Annabeth is my friend. And then second book, Sea of Monsters, Grover is MIA, and so he and Annabeth Mm. really build that relationship and find each other's flaws and all of that stuff that's really fun to read. Mm -hmm. Even though we always rank it pretty low i
0: think (laughs) i honestly love love it though like one of my favorite moments is in that like when they're like hugging underwater oh yeah i'm gonna cry seeing that they better green light this stuff maybe by the time this episode is out they'll already have announced five seasons who knows
1: knows. so as they go start their quest they pass the pine tree with annabeth going to say bye to thalia so it's as they call it and in that moment that's when they get we get the backstory of, Tal- of Talia and how she got turned into a pine tree. And Annabeth is obviously very protective of her friend. And Percy voices what I've always felt. And I was thinking <laughs> about this a lot of like, if they're the gods, they're literally the most powerful beings in the universe. The, thing, the best way they did to honor her for her sacrifice and being Zeus's daughter was turning her into a tree.
0: Yeah, and like we know the gods have turned people into gods before and they're just like a tree will do.
1: Well, it's seen over and over again that these gods mm-hmm. keep turning people that they love instead of letting them die in peace. Honestly, they keep making them plants.
0: <laughs> what is up with that?
1: <laughs> it feels almost more of a punishment than like, oh, I'm honoring you by allowing you to live longer as a different form. It's like, "Oh my god, you can't even go and try for rebirth. You have to be a plant forever." Yeah
0: yeah you're stuck yeah i love that line of percy's and i think he speaks what a lot of us as the viewers slash readers of this series think when we learn this but it pisses off annabeth she's just like don't doubt the gods this is my special tree friend this is my best friend tree don't (laughs) don't don't slander her yeah
1: Annabeth, this version of Annabeth is like, there is no wrong the gods have ever done. My mom uh-huh. is the best. Mm-hmm. Gods are the best. They're always correct. We are so honored to be in their presence. And Percy is yep. very much like I, if a god was to show up in front of me right now, I'd deck him in the face.
0: Yeah, which he does later, which <laughs> I'm very excited to see. <laughs> He's ready. I mean, Percy's very much also like a, a god that was good would not have let my mom die. So
1: yeah, very true. Yeah. Um, they get on their bus, the Greyhound mm-hmm. bus, and there Percy and Annabeth continue to bicker. She's very good at being deadpan, where she's mm-hmm. joking, but you can't tell. So uh, someone who's a little bit slower, such as Percy and I, don't can't really tell if she's <laughs> joking or not or making fun mm-hmm. of him. It's very elite mean girl vibes. Someone who's mm-hmm. very much like prickly. Yeah. Mm Because Annabeth is just like, this is what we're going to do. You're clearly stupid. You have no idea what you're doing. The gods are always correct. And Percy keeps fighting her on each step.
0: Yeah. (laughs) He has a moment where he's like, because she wants to go get snacks or something. And he's like, I want to go get snacks. And he, you know, Grover is like, we should just, you know, Annabeth wants to do what she wants to do. Annabeth knows best. And Percy's like, no, she doesn't. I know best. (laughs) They're very much butting heads over this, even though he does listen to her. And clearly, she's the leader on this quest. He pushes back a lot, which pisses her off.
1: Um, Grover tries to sing a consensus song to get everyone <laughs> to go I love this. Along. It was so like head count, like teen counselor at a camp, mm-hmm. not given any tools besides maybe a little bit of music, and there's no adults present. You're trying to keep people who are your peers from fighting each other. You put yeah. a song about it.
0: It made me realize that his pan flute hasn't been in it yet, which (laughs) maybe is for the best because we made a lot of fun of how in battle scenes he was just playing the flute (laughs) in the background and that might look kind of ridiculous on screen, but this felt like a shout out, you know, uh, bringing us, uh, up to speed with the fact that Grover is, or Satyrs in general, are very musical and song is very powerful to them. And it was also very funny. It was very like, funny. I, He started singing and I was like, what is happening?
1: <laughs> also, uh, Percy and Anna's reaction while he's singing is mm-hmm. beautiful.
0: Yeah. They're both like, are you done? I'm going to go get snacks. Bye.
1: Then we see Electo come on. We see Annabeth, peak Annabeth, having the brain cell moment is she Mm -hmm. notices Electo immediately, clocks her, puts invisibility hat on and tries to, you know, do some diplomacy. Like, get off the Mm -hmm. bus. Stop bothering us. Um, This is not going to end well for you. Leave us alone. And Electo instead offers Annabeth to continue on her quest. They just want Percy. Mm -hmm. And in... A logical situation, Annabeth could have taken that. Like, get rid of yeah. the the um, not the un- is it the unforgivable child? What is the thing?
0: What is the the? I'm, I keep calling it illegal. No, what is the <laughs> word? Oh no, we've lost it. Forbidden,
1: forbidden, forbidden. child. <laughs> <laughs> unforgivable. <laughs> what did he do? The for, the forbidden child it's it's against the rules annabeth should give him up she can continue on her quest makes a lot of sense but it also is not nice and it's not loyal and annabeth Mm -hmm. at the end of the day is loyal to her people so it's Mm -hmm. the first step we see of this trio actually becoming a good unit
0: yeah and i think that in the show they're definitely trying to play up the angle that like annabeth is going to be the one to betray percy because, you know, she's invisible. We don't fully see how she reacts to being offered this until we see her fight, like, kill the kill the, fur- the furies. I almost called them furries. <laughs> yeah. And that shows, like, oh, I think as a viewer for a moment, you're like, what's she going to do? And then you're like, oh, okay. So clearly that didn't get to her. Even if she considered it, it didn't get to her.
1: And I think that we see it a lot in television. It's a very popular trope of someone agreeing to betray mm-hmm. in the beginning, but then forming a bond with a the person they're supposed mm-hmm. to betray and then changing their mind. I think that might have been something that they could have tried to play up instead of someone who was like very down from the get go to betray. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Yeah, so then we have the the scene of them fighting the Furies because all Electo and her sisters are all on the train, uh, train the bus. Annabeth kills one of the one of the Furies. They climb out a window. The bus notably does not explode like it did in the in the books, um, but they climb out the window and run for the forest.
1: This is where they head over to the Seder Path, and Grover mm-hmm. says that anyone who's around the Seder Path is going to be from. Their world, and that's how mm-hmm. we know that when they fa- follow um, the path to Medusa, that they immediately clock that it's going to be a monster or it's going to be a, like someone from mythology. It's not mm-hmm. going to be a normal person. The reason they go that way is Grover smells food, which is yes. very true to the books. But instead of yes. both all of them being completely blinded by the fact that there's food and going immediately and just sitting at this person's table and eating, they walk mm-hmm. in and they're cornered because Electo's behind them. And Electo's afraid of Medusa, and Medusa Mm. comes up, and she's gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous.
0: Gorgeous. I looked up the actress. Beautiful woman. (laughs) She's very attractive. Highly recommend. (laughs) Respectfully.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She introduces herself. She's like, I am Medusa. So there's no question of who she is, but she basically offers them food and a place to stay, knowing that Electo can't get to them. And Percy, for some reason, feels like he can trust her, which is hilarious because he immediately Mm -hmm. does not trust her later.
0: Yeah. And it's because he thinks back to, he tells them, he's like, my mom told me her story and her mom, his mom clearly told him a very sympathetic version of Medusa. Um, I wonder like how in in depth she got on Medusa's story and like what she told Percy exactly. But clearly she told him a version of Medusa that makes him sympathetic or more trusting of her than Electo, of course, which, you know, a lot more people are more trusting than Electo at this point, since she's like openly tried to maul Percy multiple times um also medusa has food <laughs>
1: <laughs> also the fact that i think about it often if he got this story from his mom sally is telling him a story that she knows about the guy like percy's father yeah like how much uh-huh. how could that framed in her mind of like the guy that i loved and i have a child with is capable of this
0: yeah my understanding of Sally was always that, and I don't know if this is like my own head or was alluded to in the book, but I always assumed that she didn't know much about Greek mythology until after she had Percy. Like I always imagined her reading all the myths after she became pregnant, um, trying to learn everything she could. And in that, that head canon that I have, I... Like the ugh, the the layers of you know sleeping with this man and falling in love with him and then learning all of the terrible things he's done and that he's the father of your child.
1: So Medusa plays to Percy's sympathy, but she's also mm-hmm. trying to play to Annabeth's as well. She's like, your mom yeah. sucks, dude, and this yeah. is what she did to me because. I fell in love with Poseidon and I quote unquote embarrassed Athena, which is a very clever way of telling the story Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without telling. Cause always when we saw, as soon as we saw Poseidon on screen, I think we'd throw things at the screen. We can't do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it is a kid's, it needs to be child appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting that uh, she like appeals to Annabeth and she says, uh, we're actually not that different. I also, like, I used to worship Athena. I used to dedicate my life to her. And she can immediately tell that Annabeth has also dedicated her life to Athena and is very loyal to her mother.
1: I loved your note here where you're like, Annabeth says, I actually don't believe women.
0: Because <laughs> yeah. Medusa calls herself, she's like, I'm not a monster. I'm a I'm a survivor. And Annabeth is like, fuck you. I don't believe
1: women. <laughs> incredible (laughs) in in some ways yes medusa is still a monster she did kill a bunch of satyrs she's killed a lot of people Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff like that and um we get a one-on-one moment where medusa goes back and is cooking them food and percy goes to join her just to have a discussion and in that moment medusa offers to turn annabeth and grover to stone so that percy has full range to go and get his mom without anyone hindering him
0: Mhm.
1: Percy obviously immediately is like we got to leave. That was not a chill thing to offer me. That means that you were not yeah. who I thought you were.
0: Yeah. the shot is like she turns around and he's gone suddenly.
1: Yeah. Which is good for him for being so quiet in the exit. I would have tripped over myself.
0: I know, same. I mean, he tripped in like the last episode <laughs> just like walking. So impressive. This was a big feat for him.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Annabeth, Percy and Grover, they run downstairs. They think it's an exit, but it's really reminded me of the room at the end of National Geographic where they found all the treasure. <laughs> not National Geographic. What is it called? No, no, national no, no, Treasure, not the, treasure. <laughs> not the National Treasure it's Reference. Because <laughs> mm. um, they had totally see what you're talking about now. It's the Wait, lighting. Actually, of it. One of the um
0: one of the sh- I think Dan Schatz worked on National Treasure. Really? That makes so much sense. One of them did. It was either Dan Schatz or, yeah, he worked on National Treasure. So, Dan, Dan if you're listening to our podcast, which I would be very impressed and surprised and shocked. Uh, so was sorry. that on purpose? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Was that on purpose? Let us know.
1: It was the lighting of it where they have <laughs> the, the very old oil trenches where you, light fire and it slowly catches to reveal the rest of the room, which is actually kind of a horrifying scene of a bunch of tourists, satyrs and a lot of innocent people because Medusa has the monsters displayed as statues on her lawn, but the innocent people are in the basement and they're being shipped out. There's a bunch of crates. She follows them down and they're all trying to hide from her while also not looking at her. Um, Mm -hmm. She explains that she sends her statues all over the world to museums to collectors that they are revered everywhere obviously because they look so lifelike mm-hmm. yeah that's
0: a good uh a good thing percy clearly files that away based on what he does at the end he's like oh there's free shipping here
1: <laughs> <laughs> prime
0: <laughs> is this prime ship one day shipping mm-hmm. awesome um
1: grover puts on the shoes flies mm-hmm. away on accident
0: it's a hot mess, very true to the book. And you know, granted, the movie did include that too,
1: so. <laughs> very important to his character. Uh
0: huh. Uh-huh. Um, and so Medusa is then actively hunting, specifically Percy and Annabeth. She really honestly doesn't seem to have a problem with Grover. He just happens to be there, and clearly she has a penchant for killing satyrs. Uh, she's kind of actively targeting them, being on their path. But she's chasing, chasing, hunting after Percy and Annabeth. And she says, we are not our parents until we choose to be and you both have chosen to be, which is very creepy. And I think the first part is really interesting. But the second part, uh, she thinks they've chosen simply because Annabeth is still very loyal to Athena, though I do think we can see When um, Medusa is telling her story, despite Annabeth being like, I don't believe women. You can see Leah does a really great job of showing in her face that there's a little bit of doubt there for her godly parent. She's a little bit like, my mom has never showed up for me. And that's interesting.
1: Yeah. And Annabeth has read bunch of myths before in her Mm -hmm. life so she understands that the gods have done this before why would it be a surprise that they are the villains in this story as well
0: yeah but she so badly wants to believe that her mom is is not which knowing what we know about Annabeth she was abandoned as a child like her by her I mean she ran away but her dad and her stepmom didn't show her the love she needed and so she's been clinging to this idea that her mom loves her and her mom cares about her and listens to her and this is kind of the start of her realizing that or coming to terms with the fact that her mom has never actually been there for her
1: and that's why mm-hmm. she doesn't like Percy because Percy keeps mm-hmm. pointing this out and Percy's a reminder that the gods don't show up because he keeps asking for proof and Annabeth doesn't have any and that definitely mm-hmm. gets under her skin.
0: Yeah, because she doesn't want to like come to that conclusion. She doesn't want to reckon with that because uh, if she doesn't have Athena, what does she have? We know she also doesn't really have any friends at camp, at least in the books and I don't think in the show like she's very respected, um, but it doesn't seem like she's very social. no. Or friendly. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I, what I missed, and again, this is back to our conversation of making sure that these TV this TV show is a bit more timeless. The movie, on the other hand, was very much cemented in the year <laughs> that it was released with the music and also the iPod touch well, I reflection. Mm-hmm. I did miss it a little bit. And I also thought it was interesting that instead of it being just Percy going at it and Annabeth... Telling him, hey, remember the myth? And Percy obviously has no idea of the myth and he comes yeah. to it by himself. Um, it is a very much a team effort. They work very seamlessly as a yes. team. I liked mm-hmm. that. It was interesting. I did miss the kind of impromptu, just like instinctive Percy reaction because we still don't really know if he's good as a, and skilled as a fighter, which yeah. was pretty established in the beginning of the book. But here mm-hmm. we're still kind of like Annabeth is the one who killed Elect, uh, what's her name? Electo's
0: sister. I don't yeah, know her name. Electo's <laughs> sister, yeah.
1: And with her knife throw. She's the one who's been the best fighter so far. And this was just, it was nice though that they came together after bickering for the entire episode to do yeah. the, the murder. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. we come together to murder Percy and Annabeth. <laughs> they're like we both love killing, actually. This is our common ground. But yeah, so how they kill her is different. Uh, like you said, instead of the I think it's like a reflective like garden thingy in the book, those like circles that you stick, I don't know what they're called a sphere. Um, and you know in the, in the movie it was the iconic iPod touch or early iPhone, Um, but they kill Medusa, like you said, like Annabeth puts the invisibility cap on her head, Percy slices her head off, they're working together, and now Medusa is dead, and now they have to decide what to do with her, but before we go into that, I did want to play, so we got a clip from an interview with the uh, showrunners, And this is from specifically from John Steinberg, who is one of the executive producers of the show, talking about the character of Medusa and this conversation of like, what is a monster? What isn't a monster? So I'm going to play this real quick. To me, that was one of the the toughest puzzles of the project was Medusa. Um, you do the Minotaur and it's complicated, but everybody kind of knows, um, Everybody has a job to do, and, and and it's a huge technical exercise with a huge team, and Medusa didn't want that. Um, the more you tried to design her as a, as, a, as a creature, the less interesting she got to me. And it took a minute to back out of that process and start to realize that what we were really trying to figure out is who she is and what she looks like, and that the Medusa that I had seen in, in the iterations that I was familiar with, um leaned heavy on the monster.
1: Uh, and even when she was um you know portrayed in
0: more human form, um she's this very imposing the tall kind of a presence. And the moment Jess popped into my head, um everything clicked into place. Um, that doesn't look like that. That doesn't sound like that. Um, I want to hear that woman tell a story about how she got this way and care. I loved how they talked about Medusa and the the way, how much thought went into how they're portraying this character. Because this is, while well, the Minotaur is like the first big monster that we meet. This is the first monster that's like, has dialogue and <laughs> has like a... A narrative outside of just being a big man that wears or big man, big monster that wears tiny whiteys. So I think it was definitely really important the way that they chose to portray her.
1: And this is a setup for the rest of the the mm-hmm. show. We keep getting monsters and characters that continue to probe and make Percy doubt his quest. And so mm-hmm. this was a great setup for that because the rest of it is like, it's one thing when it's just being chased by scary monsters. He's like, yeah, this is clearly evil and I am good. Whereas when it's someone with a dialogue and a backstory and he, mm-hmm. they, they came to her home, they walked into her home and murdered her. Like yeah. there has to be something that She like,
0: fed them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she was so. going to murder them, but she yeah, did feed them true.
0: first. That's important.
1: Um, I also yeah. thought that the using the Yankee cap to hide mm-hmm. her severed head was smart because I think by making her look less like a monster and making yeah. her look like a person, having her head just you know be something that Percy holds and you see is going to make it hard for like parents to want to let their young children watch it. So instead,
0: that's a good point. Mm-hmm. We
1: have Walker pretending to hold air. So it's like, I know, you know I love that worthy. for him.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point because I remember we went to some press conferences with the costume designers, too. Um, And Tish Monaghan, I remember talking specifically about designing the Medusa outfit. We do have a little short audio clip from Tish Monaghan just about the costume design that I wanted to play, so we will play that here. When I uh, first had my initial discussions about Medusa, two executive uh, creative producers really wanted her to appear sympathetic. They wanted her to have um, you know a, a beautiful hat that could be on a slant that could cover her you know hair, her snakes. So her wearing a hat then dictated a certain kind of, of garment.
1: Percy and Annabeth argue because both of them are unhappy of what to do. They have this head. What are they going to do with it? Because it's a powerful weapon. It can use, be used mm-hmm. to turn anyone to stone. If someone either on purpose or an accident finds it, it could cause a lot of harm. Percy's just yeah. like, just bury the head with the cap and get rid of it. So you can get rid of the cap We get rid of the head, everything. Mm-hmm. And Annabeth is so calm. And she was just like, yeah, let's do it. And then just starts insulting Percy. Yeah. And-, and they
0: also bring up the both like both of them are clearly not trusting each other because Electo said something in front of everyone during the, the confrontation with Medusa outside uh, mentioned like you could have accepted my offer to Annabeth. And then Medusa says something along the same lines to Percy when they're when she's hunting them down below in the National Treasure <laughs> area Um, so they're both just like Annabeth is like what was she talking about and Percy's like what was she talking about to you and they are really not trusting each other and then you know it makes matters worse that Percy wants to bury the one item that she values in the ground and leave it forever
1: which is funny because instead of saying no that that object means a lot to me we have to protect it my mom gave it to me it's the only thing that my mom has ever given to me Annabeth says, yeah, like completely stone-faced, mm-hmm. says mm-hmm. yes, and then offers like a worse solution as well and to <laughs> kind of get under Percy's skin. And the only reason that we find out about this is Grover is able to, he knows Annabeth, he's known her yeah. for a long time, and he's able to tell Percy like, hey, this is something that's really important to Annabeth. don't suggest that. Annabeth, like you have to, the like, Percy is right, we have to get rid of the head. Like we need to figure out a solution and mm-hmm. also just tell us what like what's going on. Why are you picking on? Like, why are you both not trusting each other? Yeah. And I just yeah, she... be seen in that moment because mm-hmm. I, the way that Annabeth isn't immediately communicative is kind of like how I am. Instead of speaking up, I'll just yeah. like
0: <laughs> that <laughs> be That very you. Honestly, <laughs> now I'm thinking I feel like I've seen you do that when someone says something, and you're just like, Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like oh she's not, she does not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then I'm mean, and so it's not, it's not a great thing. I don't recommend it. I think it's much better to be communicative and honest about your emotions. But my reaction is usually to, um, then go for the jugular and be mean about it. Like, how dare you say this to me? I'm going to keep a straight face and say something equally devastating to you. Exactly.
0: Perfect solution. I mean, if Annabeth does it, then it's fine.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And Annabeth is the healthiest person we know.
0: Oh, she's incredibly emotionally healthy. Exactly.
1: Um, this is the moment where Percy tells them what the Oracle said about a friend betraying him. And he's like, well, I picked Grover because I trust you. And then he's like, I picked Annabeth because you're not a friend. So you can't betray me. I thought
0: that was so funny. And that's different because in the books, he... Pretty early on, even though he finds Annabeth annoying and weird, he considers her a friend. Like, her and Luke are his friends. I mean, Ann Grover are his new friends at camp. Yeah. Um, whereas in this, he's just like, I never call you a friend, so you're not, you can't betray me if you're not my friend. <laughs> and she looks hurt. She does look really hurt, which I think lends to the fact that I don't think she really has friends at camp. And she yes. might've considered him more of a friend than he considered her That's a friend. That's what
1: I was gonna say too. I was like, I wonder if she was like, this is my friend. This is just how
0: we oh, yeah. talk to each other. I think she was. I mean, there was that little little clip. I've seen people like giffing it and sharing it in the uh, the second episode where she like fixes his armor and she does it quite tenderly, honestly. And people are like, they're planting the persiveth seed and people were talking about how, Uh, in Heroes of Olympus, Rick revealed that Annabeth had a crush on Percy since she was 12 and people are like, oh, they're really committing to that Um, so I think that's interesting I would totally believe that she thinks they're friends and he's just like, I I'm not your
1: friend I would also think it makes sense for her, is that Mm -hmm. the two people she's closest to at camp are Luke and Grover, and Percy Mm -hmm. gels really well with them, he's very close with them, they like him too, so she's like great, all of us are friends (laughs) Poor Annabeth, that's so sad,
0: and also like so real.
1: The way that if a boy who I had a crush on when I was twelve, even now, oh. said this to me, and I also thought he was a friend of mine, the way I would never recover.
0: Oh my god! The fact is... that she recovers to even be friends with him again, like oh, I well, again, they're again. not friends. Just kidding. <laughs> According a <to> Percy,
1: <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that in the books, because Annabeth is just. So annoying in like the best way that Mm -hmm. she makes Percy recite the prophecy line by line the moment he gets it. And so he just tells them all the information up front, whereas he's being a lot more like playing his cards closer to the chest in this version is very interesting. I think it also says a lot more about this version of Percy. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a lot less trusting, yeah. which could be, we did see a lot more background on him being bullied, really only having his mom as a trusted person. I mean, he was betrayed by Grover and we know now he like, he chose Grover because he trustes, trusts him. He's regained that trust. Um, but he's definitely very jaded, even though camp is cool and it's cool and all that, you know, gods are real, whatever. He's like, I don't really trust a lot of you, which is interesting.
1: Also, the fact that Percy's fatal flaw, I'm just thinking of this now, fatal flaw mm. is that he's so loyal to the people he yeah. loves. This line, getting this line from the Oracle must have been so devastating because it's not only yeah. being betrayed by someone you know, it's being betrayed by someone you consider a friend, which he has so little love anyway. It must have wrecked him, especially to be given it in a moment where he's very emotionally unstable. I just oh, mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. That poor boy.
0: Yeah. Oh. oh, it's okay. Percy, it'll yeah. work out. It's okay. I'll take care of you.
1: <laughs> Annabeth and Percy find truths and like a middle ground because they both realize they've been offered moments to betray each other and they both have turned it down. I think that mm-hmm. makes them feel a little bit more trustworthy, like trusting of yep. each other.
0: Yeah. And I think they both are realizing too, that they're not they probably aren't really cognizant of it but they're both clearly really guarded and they don't trust easily and the fact that both of them were offered to betray the other and they didn't that clearly they're loyal even if they don't fully trust one another yet or are suspicious they're both loyal to each other which is really important for both their characters just moving onwards
1: Percy decides to do the most badass thing is where he sends mm-hmm. Medusa's head to Olympus. And
0: I was so glad they kept this. I had a moment where I was afraid they wouldn't when he's like suggesting to bury the cap. And I was like, wait, no, you need to mail the head. The head. It's important.
1: <laughs> also, cap is so important, too. Yeah. So I was very really mm-hmm. surprised. And it makes sense that like instead they play this card. I liked it. It shows Grover also knows and like he's friends with Annabeth. You can see that. Mm hmm. But the I am impertinent line Was so good So good He's just
0: like well I am impertinent So good
1: Science's name sends it to Olympus And they head on their merry way To the next spot And Percy starts singing the consensus song Which Mm -hmm. is hilarious
0: I know It's so funny I wonder if Annabeth They're gonna get Annabeth to sing it you know (laughs)
1: Imagine that's the last scene of this. I would be so happy.
0: (laughs) We need to get everyone to sing it. It needs to be like a camp song around the fire. Yeah. Okay. And then we end on our very final shot. So we see the box that he mailed. Someone in like a UPS mail delivery suit is holding it. Lo and behold, it's (laughs) Lin-Manuel Miranda. (laughs) Of course, there he is. Disney and him have some kind of like blood oath. He has to be in every <laughs> totally. Disney thing now. <laughs> but he's like whistling to himself and he says as he as he is going up and he steps out um, of the elevator. He's like, oh, this is he says something like this is going to be interesting or you guys are going to love this. Uh, so he knows what's in that box.
1: know. Yeah. And I also loved the way they showed the elevator button appearing, like they Mm -hmm. made it very magical and made it very exciting showing the Empire State Building, all of that stuff. It makes me so excited to see how Olympus is going to look.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I was so mad. I was like, no, show me Olympus as he like walks off the shot. I was like, I want to see all their reactions to Medusa. I know. They're keeping us hanging.
1: I think also it'll make it more impactful when we see Olympus the first time through Percy's eyes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, excited. It'll be so
1: good. I think we did a lot of um, overall thoughts as we were going through I it. know. We have too um, many thoughts. <laughs> love. I loved it. There were some things I kind of wish they made Annabeth a little bit more annoying just because it's such I a agree. signature.
0: Yeah. I think I was thinking about this like very deeply because I was like, I do wish she was more annoying, but I don't think it's wrong because I was thinking about how there's kind of a tendency with female characters and big franchises to turn them into like two dimensional badass in a show and kind of take away their their quirks, their nuances, but I don't think they've done that with Annabeth because she's still really weird. Like she's still very off-putting. She's not sudden. like she is a badass, but she's not, you know, a perfect badass, can do everything kind of girl. Like she's definitely has some uh, social (laughs) struggles with relating to people and making friends. I think I just so strongly identified with her annoyingness. that I was like, (laughs) where is it? (laughs) Where is it? But that's okay. It's yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think that was my, my projection
1: fear. of myself. <laughs> when she was immediately able to kill Electo's sister with that really cool knife throw, oh, so I was like, cool. "Oh no! Like she's going to be this badass who doesn't really have any room for growth." But mm-hmm. I'm hoping I didn't see that much again, and I'm hoping yeah. that that she does have. Like, I hope mm-hmm. they mention that she doesn't have any friends and she talks about being lonely and mm-hmm. not being mm-hmm. understood. I yeah. think that's a really powerful subject, especially for 12 year old girls to talk about. Like, yeah. That'd be mm-hmm. such a good dialogue to have. So I hope they don't take that away.
0: Yeah, I think that's important. And I think, yeah, she is extremely, like, she's like one of the most powerful people at camp right now. And the smart, the only one with the brain cell. So um, it is important that she's a badass, too. I just. Yeah, I think with a lot of female characters sometimes we're like in in an effort to make it a strong powerful like role model for young women, we erase a lot of their uh the things that make them human. And I don't think they're doing that with Annabeth. I think that she's still very human and flawed. Uh just the flaws that are that were in the book that are not showing up were also my flaws. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> why isn't she annoying like me? But that's fine. She's a she's not for me she's for the story and for others, new people new people getting into the the fandom or people who maybe didn't see themselves in annabeth before and now can because of some of the ways they they changed the way that she appears and i love that
1: all right ready for some lightning bolt round questions
0: i sure am all right let's hear well first let's let's answer it in real time okay Okay. So the rewind question, this is, we answered this originally in episode five. Um, it was about based on Annabeth's magical Yankees cap. So what magical item would you want as a gift from your godly parent?
1: So my godly parent is Persephone. Um, I think having, Oh, I think either what she's known for is gardening. (laughs) And <laughs> pomegranate seeds. Oh, okay. So, um I think like a flower crown would be kind of cool. I don't know what it would do. Like a magic one. Okay. Yeah, it, not just one that I wear to a Lana <laughs> Del <adult> Rey concert. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it's like plastic. Um, it's from Claire's. It's from Claire's. I think that's I, where we bought ours for the Lana Del Rey concert. 100 percent. We were like seventeen.
1: Oh, it's all about. Anyway. It always
0: comes back to Claire's. Anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um a flower crown invisibility would be cool um mm-hmm. but either like it gave me the power to like control plants or um, Ooh. control flowers something like that that would be cool because that way i mean it'd be cool to have it at all times but that way i also won't accidentally cause like a wildflower infestation in my house if i see wrong <laughs> so it's like i can control when it's yeah. on and off that'd be maybe cool. you could
0: like control your allergies too you could make it so you're not allergic to things
1: that would be so helpful plants yeah
0: that'd be great um, I'm like 99% sure I remember what I said. We'll see when I play this because I've thought about this object <laughs> daily, basically. I think that what I said, and I still think this. If I didn't say this, then this is my new answer. Also, it's still my answer. A book like an Ella Enchanted that can show you what people are doing or like where people are at any minute. I want to spy on people. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds so fun. And on a quest, I think it would be useful so I could see like where the monsters were hiding. Um I would probably find out that Luke was going to betray me because I would spy on him. So, um I think that would work out for me. And I feel it's like a cute that's book what
1: you said, yeah.
0: I'm pretty sure it's what I said because I've thought about this like <laughs> for the past 3 years. I've thought about this anytime I'm like a godly object I want that book <laughs> but with no man in it I don't want a man inside <laughs> no of it like yeah. in Elle Enchanted yeah
1: does that mean that you having like my location and find my friends <laughs> it's like this version of the book for you uh,
0: maybe it is uh, yeah I mean I definitely wouldn't want to like maybe I think it would have a filter like a a filter if someone was doing something you know private I don't want to see that, and so
1: betraying you is private.
0: Like, like if they're not wearing clothes, more like you know, yeah, you know, if they're like in an indecent way, then I don't. I want it to have like a filter, like a not safe for work block on it, because I don't (laughs) want to accidentally peep on that. I just want to like spy on them doing uh, sneaky things. All right, let's see what
1: I—I I have no idea okay. what I said, so I'm I don't know. I just—I'm
0: pretty sure I said this because I think about it. <laughs> okay. We all love Annabeth's magical Yankees camp. What magical item would you want as a gift from your godly
1: parent? Hmm. Interesting. I feel like an easy out would be a sword because I expressed to you my <laughs> desire for one earlier. Though I do love the idea of invisibility. Like, Harry mm. Potter really turned me on to that idea of being able to be right? invisible. Feels like it's somehow noble. But yes, yeah, I, I I would go with a sword, not gonna lie. Yeah, no, I like yeah. that. A sword um, pen sounds amazing. Okay, continue. Oh, yeah, It sounds so cool. Yeah.
0: So I, like, literally want... An invisibility hat also, but I had this conversation about magical items with- I'm not answering this as quickly as I want to- with Mike, (laughs) like, a few, like, weeks ago, and he was like, you can't copy her, and so then I was like, I want a magic book, and then he made a lot of fun of me for wanting a book, if I could have, like, a sword, but I have a specific- I want the book, like, in Ella Enchanted, where- (laughs) you can ask it like show me lucinda and it'll show you where the person is or like i could be like show me my enemies and i could see what they were planning and then i could like outplan them
1: i was about to say you want to find my friends app like what do you mean but it
0: would show it would like show you magic like images and and like Mm -hmm. you could spy on them but like from your cool book like an ella enchanted okay but
1: like you have to carry a book around with you
0: I don't know, maybe it can shrink, like the
1: pen can shrink, maybe it's yeah. a book pen, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I mean, I get that, that makes sense, like you want knowledge, you. child of Athena. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I mostly want a spy.
0: <laughs> Not you making the same joke about finding my friends.
1: Also, I have to like full disclosure, when I read this question earlier, my first thought was like I would want a gun. <laughs> I can't think exactly. you've
0: like Twice. you've graduated to guns <laughs> now from swords interesting <laughs> but yeah I, I listening to that I'm like I think the reason I think about that a lot is because Mike changes what his apparent this is apparently a conversation we've had multiple times because he'll sometimes be like I want a trumpet that shoots fire <laughs> and then he'll be like I want a sword that does this like he changes it all the time and so I'm just like I want my book all the time and so
1: well, I think this time reading it, I thought of like who my godly parent is and something based off of what is related to her. But um, no, a sword makes sense for who I am. And also the it does. the usefulness of it makes a lot of sense, too. Yeah.
0: Having a sword would be really cool, especially one that you can like make small like the pen and, and take it places with you.
1: I love that both times when you said, you said it, Ella, enchanted book, my brain went yes. to the mortars map. And so I made the find my friends joke. And until you explained that you can actually see the person, <laughs> I was like, oh, right, I forgot that. And so both times I had to be reminded <laughs> that's what I
0: was not us like having the same brains three years ago three <laughs> not years not later anymore than we yeah. i mean at least we haven't regressed right i, I hope not mm. you know i think we yeah sure <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> all right so my question based on the show um because they have a moment where annabeth is, where percy's like why is she the leader and grover's like She's the leader. I don't know, man. Um, so, my question is what kind of role do you think you would take up on a quest? Like, would you be a leader? Would you be a sassy little thing like Percy, a peacemaker or something else?
1: I would want to be a disruptor like Percy, but from all of the group projects I had to do through grad school, through undergrad, I am Mm. a leader. And I think my Mm. opinion is best and I think I implemented the best. And so I tend to take charge. Also, the fact that I would love not to be a leader, but no one else steps up and I hate it when no one steps up. So if someone else, if in a group setting... If you were there, I know you liked. you have opinions and your opinions are stronger than mine. And so I will let you, you do what you want to do. And like, we see that in our friend group that there's like some of us who step back a little bit, but in all situations where I have been in a group setting for like a project, I have to step up and I don't want to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's so funny that you bring that up because I was thinking that the the real life analogies for a quest are basically a group project or like trying to plan a trip with more than one person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like I will go more into a leader role, but not in like a loud kind of way, especially like in a group project, I tend to just do all the work quietly Um, but I think that I would, I would like to specifically be the planner. Like I would make sure that we, we have, we know where we're going. We have stops planned out. We have like, uh, hotels booked, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the kind of role I would take on.
1: Yeah, I'm more of a facilitator of like, hey, like yeah. you haven't you you're being quiet, you haven't voiced your opinion. What do you mm-hmm. think? Making sure everyone gets their voice heard, and then like being very much more of like the person holding the gavel rather than writing things down. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We do a great group project. I mean, that's we basically would. what
1: this is. This is <laughs> our group project, and I. <laughs> Done so well so far, huh? episode one twenty four. So. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching you. Will go off on Instagram. I'm like, yes, Queen, go be yeah. insane. I really love going it. off.
0: It's <laughs> the yeah. The hype of the show is really. I'm. I'm like. I need. To, <laughs> need to take a break from social media after the show ends, though. For real. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a cleanse.
0: Yeah, a cleanse.
1: All right. My question is. If you were given the same betrayal prophecy line as Percy, would you have chosen friends or stranger?
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely friends, because I would think that even if they're allegedly going to betray me, I might be able to recognize the signs in a friend versus a stranger. Like, I might know when they're lying. Um I could maybe manipulate them. I'd be like, I know your mom. I'm gonna call her and tell her. You know, <laughs> you're being mean to me. <laughs> yeah, you're being mean to me.
1: That's so interesting. I think I would have. Sh- I would choose strangers oh, because okay. their betrayal wouldn't hurt as much. Mm. Yeah, that's if, fair. It's like we became friends along the way. That's like a plus, and then they don't betray me. That's a plus, right? Mm. It's kind of like choosing yeah. a roommate.
0: Yeah, you're, like, going to convince them not to betray you, actually. Yeah. Whereas my method is to uh, manipulate them if they do betray <laughs> me or, like, track them like a hawk.
1: <laughs> well, it's like choosing a roommate in the sense of, like, oh, you shouldn't room with someone you're already friends with because uh-huh. you might lose them as a friend and that's devastating. But if you room with someone who is a stranger and then you become friends, that's a yeah. hmm
0: And it's, like, a very unique kind of friendship. Because it's yes. like, oh, we live together. We know each other very intimately, but we might not have been friends otherwise. It's kind of the same thing with like a quest going <laughs> from all the quests I've been on, but going mm-hmm. on a quest with a stranger, like you would know them very intimately. Or if they betray you,
1: no loss. Wasn't a yeah. like friend. It's like a, f- a net gain of zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Okay, well, that is the end of our episode three recap. Next week, we will be doing episode four, discussing all the things in that one. We're excited about that. And just as a reminder to listeners, we, as we said, we got the first four episodes, we got advanced screenings. So our recap episodes will be able to drop the same day that the episodes do. But after episode four is when there will be a little bit more of a lag because we have to have time to watch the show and uh, record and then edit. So we'll figure out our timeline for that. But just a heads up, if you're uh, really relying on our day of drops, (laughs) it's only a treat for the first four, unless you want to harass Disney to give us some more screeners. (laughs) I
1: know, makes our lives easier too. It does, yeah, it's fantastic. If you are curious what we're talking about when we talk about our old outlines, you can totally read them if you join our Patreon. It's only three dollars a month, and you get to see us talking to each other and ourselves, including um, a great version of Cliff Notes for you if you don't remember the chapters.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's a link to that Patreon and also a link to send us an audio message in our episode description.
1: Our social media is Camp Half Pod on all social platforms, including TikTok now. And we have our email camphalfpod at gmail.com if you want to write out something more, attach images, etc. etc. And
0: don't forget to rate and review wherever you are listening to us it means a lot when you leave such lovely reviews so thank you and
1: bye -bye.